What is up, everybody? This is Nico. And this is Marcus. Welcome to Porch Talk, episode 16. And this episode was kind of a cautionary tale for us in the United States for a supposed war might be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, secondarily, it was a... Uh it was a sort of cautionary tale for, for those of you youngsters out there who uh, find yourself in love. Yeah, man. Uh, we delved really deep into what was happening with Russia and Ukraine. And then the last half, we just delved deep into my life as a teenage parent with an unplanned pregnancy. And I just wanted to shoot out some information just so everybody can get a grasp on what the life is like. Speaking of information, I name-dropped a gentleman by the name of uh, George Friedman. Uh, he's the founder of this organization called Stratfor, which I also mentioned. Uh, it's just ge a geopolitical analyst company, uh, just, just in case uh, anybody out there is fairly curious, uh, wanting to see some of the facts or information that I, I uh, threw out there. Um, you can find some cit citations down, the, down there if you go to stratfor.com. And... I also would like to say there is a giveaway in this episode. So uh, you need to leave a rating and review on iTunes podcast and go follow our Instagram page and Twitter. Our Instagram is Porch Talk Podcast. Uh -huh. And the Twitter is at talk underscore porch. You got it. All right. And I lied. The Instagram is porch underscore talk underscore podcast. And then you can follow us on our main accounts. You don't have to for the giveaway, but at Nico Libertini and at Mark Barry Bush. So without further ado, give this a listen. Holy shit, Nico. What, man? World War Three. World War Three. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, God, Nico. I think I think that there's going to be a serious armed conflict uh, in in the east of Europe. Uh, why in the is next that? Five to ten years. Why is that? Because I have no clue what's going on. Honestly, I'm still not caught up on any political shit. So, man, this this geopolitics. I, I think they should teach it in school because it is like serious stuff that's going on right now. Okay, quick rundown. For the past, let's say, decade, the Russians have been really encroaching upon their former uh, USSR territories. Vladimir Putin, he stated that like it's his, one of his goals to reunite that territory. And here's one of the reasons why. Russia proper, it's not really economically viable. They okay. got lucky by finding the oil um, in the Arctic Ocean. But outside of that, they, they have more like heroin addicts per capita than, than any nation on Earth, including oh, the US. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, the country's rotting out from the inside the second that they lost Ukraine. Once they lost Ukraine and places like that, they lost the ability to feed themselves. They basically had to import food to survive. So Russia's been really, really trying to expand, take back their former uh, USSR territories in order to be a solid, strong economic block. Issue is, all those countries, <laughs> this is like the longest period of time where they've been free from Russia, and they do not want it to end. Oh, of course. Of I course mean, not. Yeah. 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 That mean, just makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Russians, they've been trying, um, particularly over the past 10 years since we've kind of been slowly and now with Trump in office, even more quickly backing away from the world um, in terms of like, you know, providing security for everyone, everywhere being the police, so to speak. Um, Putin's really going after it now. And this thing that he just did earlier this week, he had his Navy 
basically do a drive-by on some Ukrainian ships, uh, captured some soldiers alive, killed some. We don't know. Um, but but they're just trying to, like, muscle Ukraine, which is one of the nations that was a former, uh, you know, USSR territory, muscle them in and try to take more land from them, take the sea lanes from them. They already took the entire peninsula of Crimea from them uh, back in 2014. And since then, there's been an ongoing, in air quotes, civil war in the eastern part of Ukraine, which borders Russia. Okay, so... It's crazy, man. What have, what have we said? What has Trump said about this whole situation? What uh, has the government said? Okay, so the U.S. government, our stance on, uh, our stance on this has been kind of odd, in my opinion. Um, in public, you know, we do the condemning, uh, the sanctions, yada, yada, yada. Um, in private, we've been arming the Ukrainians uh, with bombs and weapons and guns and tanks and all those all those good things. And we've been um, arming our, our other allies, the Baltic countries, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, as well as Poland, putting in missile defense systems and all kinds of things like that. But Russia, or, or uh, excuse me, Trump in particular, he attempted to... Uh, kind of warm relations at first with Putin. They had that big Helsinki conference earlier in this year. Um, and, you know, people here in, in America were very, very upset with him uh, over how friendly he was uh, with Trump, with um, Putin. You know, you can make whatever claim you want about, you know, what's the proper way to go forward. Um, but the, the issue is it kind of sends a mixed message because we still were slapping sanctions, but Trump is very friendly personally with Putin. Um so I, I don't I don't I, I think the State Department put out different um, statements, you know, condemning this action and things like that. But the government as, as an entity like Trump, uh, especially, I don't think that they've been too vocal on this. I think we're kind of just, uh, you know, doing our business quietly at the moment. OK, well, what has Ukraine said about it then since we have been? Oh, so that's a good question. Man. Yeah. 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 Do you know? Yeah. Um, the day after. They banned uh, entry. Well, first, they declared martial law in their eastern provinces that border Russia, meaning um, all all legal rights of the citizens or of people in the area don't exist anymore. The, the military is just going to run that area. Okay, that's the first thing they did. The next day, they outlawed uh, Russian males coming into their country between the age of 16 and 60. Oh, wow. Yeah, and here's the reason, because Russia's been backing the quote-unquote rebels in eastern Ukraine, um, and they've actually captured, uh, I think, like 17 Russian paratroopers last year um, that had landed a little too far west in Ukraine. They got captured by the Ukrainian military. They've captured weapons and all kinds of arms that the Russians have definitely given them. So it's like really, the Ukrainians are really gearing up for war. They're, they're, they're fortifying up their border right now. They're really gearing up for war, and it's, it's looking like it's going to be serious. So where do you think we would land in this war if there was any war? I mean, I'm mm -hmm. guessing Ukraine, but also Trump has that weird relationship with uh, Russia. Mm. I, I think that's the best way to describe the relationship. It is kind of strange. Um, you know, the whole Trump-Russia collusion thing aside, just like the way that he talks about them and then also the way that you know our government has been doing you know sanctions and, and fighting against their interests in Syria and things like that, it, it is kind of strange. But I hope it does smooth over. <laughs> I wish that there was some, like, you know, Trump-Russia connection so that he could just be like, hey, Putin, hey, man, just chill. I would I would love that, but I don't know. Um, the main thing, though, that, that, that I'm curious about is, is, yeah, like you said, seeing where we as a nation would uh, would line up. Um, Ukraine's been trying to join the, U U the European Union for a couple of years. They actually just did this uh, 
like multilateral trade deal with the rest of the European countries. Um, so that's kind of bringing them in. We were trying to bring them into NATO. Now here's the thing: the the current and the former president of Ukraine, they wanted to do NATO, but the people of Ukraine really didn't, because they sit they in their minds they say NATO joining NATO now is definitely going to lead to war, because now all of the um, countries that border Russia are in NATO. That's definitely going to lead to the war in their mind. So they were like, we're not going to do it yet. But I bet now that they're kind of sorry because if they could have joined NATO before, ooh, you know, none, none of this ever would have would have happened, really. You know, we, they would have been completely under the, the ally protection. But um, gosh, man, if Russia's going for Ukraine, they're definitely going to go for the other Baltic countries. And those countries are actually in NATO. So this is definitely going to turn into something some, some hot war. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. Do you think it would go as far as war? Or do you think it'll just be like a little skirmish, and the will both or the people involved will both just set aside what their differences for the time being, and make a little bit of a truce? If this were the first incident, if this was like the the first thing, I would definitely agree with you that this would be. Or I would agree with that statement that this is going to be something short. This has been going on since 2012. Okay. Um, so it's, is, it's been a, a while. Again, I don't know. Up. I don't know shit about any of this. So Here's the really scary thing. Um, you look internationally at various news medias like the BBC in uh, England, for example. They're talking about this because this is of the utmost importance. Um, you turn on the news here, CNN, Fox, uh, MSNBC. They're talking about the 2020 election. And, like, random crap that actually doesn't matter. Like, this is very, very serious stuff that's going on right now. Um, How do you think that will impact our lives? Uh, well, um, if this isn't something that, that sparks up right now, it's definitely going to start in the next, um, I'd say, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. So what this might be is, you know, some small territorial concessions to Russia. They might even take, um, like, the whole of eastern Ukraine up to, like, the Dnieper River, which is about, like, middle midway through the, the entire nation of Ukraine. Splitting, okay. Splitting it, like, east to west. Okay. Um, and that would, you know, be the, the settling things for things now. But five to ten years from now, um, there's going to be an entire gigantic eastern front war from the from the Baltic Sea down to the Black Sea. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I it's it's terrible to say but uh i think that it's going to heavily impact our lives some of us some of us might be fighting over there yeah that makes um, sense and uh given the other things that might be going on in the world at the time i don't know if we're going to be pulling out of these alliances in the way that trump talks about because um, if we do the europeans over there they're totally screwed oh um, yeah though i mean i think i think what germany poland sweden and the uk they have the same military military might that russia does I'm I'm very ensconced in all this like geopolitical things. Um, I I subscribe to this one channel on YouTube that I love. They're called Stratfor, um, and they they delve deeply into all of these things. They're they're involved with all the State Departments of every country. Just about um, okay. they 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 regularly put out a lot of this information, it, very important information that that people don't talk about. But um, one of the things that they're saying is that if Trump does have his way and we do pull out of these these treaties. We are going to see uh, a bit more war in that region of the world, especially because that's the only thing that's holding Russia back. The only thing that's holding Russia back is us, because they know that we, if they come toe to toe with us, it's basically suicide for their country. Yeah. 
So yeah. do you think there'll be a draft reinstated or no? Do you think it'll be that bad or do you think our our mm-hmm. nation's uh, military force can handle it? There, there might be something very small and very limited. Because the, the issue is a lot of the Europeans, like, I think it was George Freeman, uh, he said it, he put it this way. Uh, he said that people in Europe love what they have. They love the security that they have, but they don't really bear too much of the responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel like they should, which is really scary. So, like, they're, they're very, like, non-militarized over there. But neither are we. Like, about 1% of the U.S. population is in the military. And then, like, another 1% is in the reserves. So, like, you know, uh, most of us don't have to deal with it. But there might be some small draft. or I think there will be, like, more, like, recruitment, like, campaigns that will get a lot, like, a lot of young guys and a lot of young, young ladies involved. I think that will be what happens in the end. But Okay. It's just spooky, man. Yeah, I mean – me not knowing what's happening hardly at all it's it's good to know these things especially if it means we might be going into some type of predicament slash war you know so i mean what's your biggest concern uh hearing hearing the stuff that i'm throwing out at you nothing yet because nothing has happened yet Mm -hmm. i think once everything starts happening probably the chance of uh, the, I mean, you're guessing there's, there's not going to be a draft, but if there would be a draft, that would be my, that would be my, uh, the scariest thing I would, I would think just because yeah, man. leaving my son would be devastating to me, you know? Yeah, man. I, Oh God, I don't even want to think about that. that yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy cause we're so far removed from that, you know? for mm-hmm. about 70 odd years well a lot of folks went through that during the vietnam war so i shouldn't say we are but our generation at least we're about two and a half generations removed from like a serious war like that and uh i mean golly it, i just think the main thing on my mind is you know the small in terms of like population percentage of the country the small amount of people who fought in the iraq and afghani wars um i just think about how we have kind of failed to deal with, you know, their post-traumatic stress disorder, their their illnesses and their, um, you know, the wounded warriors that come back. I just don't even know what we're going to do after that, <laughs> you know, after after something like this starts off. Yeah, really. It'd be really wild, man. It'd be really terrible. You know, they were using, uh, they're testing psychedelics with people with PTSD, and they showed that mm-hmm. it, in, like it increased their chances of coping. Absolutely. By some odd percent. I don't know the exact percent. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love hearing about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we have these weird taboos and mores around the strangest things. Like, you can can give people any kind of opioid drug right now. Yeah. Oh, LSD. Whoa. Hey, now. Hey, now. You're dealing with hard stuff there. Like, we have, like, such, like, uh, like, such powerful... You know, stories around, oh, you shouldn't mess with these drugs because you'll be jumping off of a building or something stupid. And it's like, come on, man. Like, the idea that adults can't be responsible with things is just silly, especially if it's through medicine. Yeah, really, especially if it's helping someone out that much. Absolutely. To where even any little percent for someone with PTSD or some really traumatic experiences, like anything anything is good, you know? Anything to help. We'll just make it better. And as I understand, basically, uh, the, the typical therapy is kind of like they encourage you to be introspective. They want you to they want you to think about the, the, the trauma 
in such a way that eventually it stops uh you're, you stop catastrophizing it i shouldn't say catastrophizing because it's terrible yeah but but really it's keep thinking about the trauma such that it stops uh having the same large impact on you drugs like that that help you become more introspective and even in larger doses you can do all kinds of crazy things with your subconscious mind um yeah they really they really help accelerate that process and i don't think i can't i've never heard one reason why we shouldn't be using stuff like that i know seriously and it's i think something most psychedelics are like a class four so if you have it you're like uh, immediately like (laughs) sent sent to like a pretty harsh prison i'm pretty sure i'm i'm not really on the up and up with drugs because I just haven't mm-hmm. researched it. I'll probably research it, and we can talk about it one day. Mm-hmm. But, but but yeah, man, and it's they're terrible. yeah, they're just now starting to test with psychedelics and all that stuff, and they're seeing such good results. It's like, of course, of course, that people have been using this, using these things for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's the thing that cracks me up. Because like, uh, it's all these like drug, all these laws out banning all these drugs. They're only about a hundred years old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. And most of it was because <laughs> most of it was stop the was to stop protesting for one, the war or something oh, like that. Oh yeah. They um, couldn't they couldn't arrest them for peacefully protesting, but if exactly. they got some of the marijuana exactly. on them, they can drug uh put them in jail for drug mm-hmm. What's it called? Drug possession. Possession, there thank you. Go, you. Man. Yeah, um yeah, I mean I, I, the the first laws that were ever passed against stuff like this, they were passed in the late 1800s uh, because hemp yeah. and th- uh, plants like that able to create paper so much cheaper than um, you know paper made out of trees, you know wood. So basically, the timber in- industry lobbied to get uh, hemp outlawed, um, which is just so you know marijuana hemp. Um, yeah. Which is just like so dirty. Um, <laughs> and then about 50 years after that, yeah, yeah. Then the civil rights movement, people were out there protesting, like, and then they were like, ah, where are these? <laughs> what kind of <laughs> what kind of drugs these hippies got? Oh man, it's really messed up, though. Yeah, I I can't do drugs. I especially be especially when a kid my kids around. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really like drugs. I don't condone them. Mm-hmm. If you do it, that's your choice. I mean, I'm not gonna be upset at you, mm-hmm. but just having a kid it's like i can't and there's i don't i know <laughs> i don't want to put that influence on them not that again not that they're bad it's just mm-hmm. you don't need them right right that, that that's the way i view it too like i i agree with you i don't like drugs most of them i don't condone there are a few drugs that like as i've learned more about them um like if you have a specific need in your life or something that like is fairly difficult for you to reach um, like some of the more introspective drugs that, you know, psychedelic drugs, some of them I think might have some value. Um, but I never would, uh, yeah, yeah. I never would, um, like ask or, you know, suggest to someone, Hey, you know, you should really take PCP brother. Yeah, really. That'd or, be really good. No, no, Or no. DMT. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Man. Take some DMT. Yeah, let's go down to Brazil, brother. Let, <laughs> let, let's see what the ayahuasca can do for you. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm never going to like suggest that to anyone, but, um, also at the end there, like whatever you want to do, Hey, it's on you. Go ahead. But, but it's on you. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of the discussion too, man. And yeah. I think the best I think the best thing you can do is just inform people. I mean, right, right. If they want to do it after they're informed and they're aware of everything that can happen, all of the very minimal risks mm-hmm. and some of the benefits and all that stuff. I mean, that's their choice. But again, I yeah, want yeah. I would rather inform my child 
so at least they know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Granted, I haven't done these things, so I can't even give you my my perspective. I can only give other people's that I've heard, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just having that information, you know. That's the that's the biggest key. Yeah, man. Um, information is so important. I mean, that's why I, I wanted to talk about this with this Russia thing because, like, people got to know what they're getting into, and especially probably after hearing all this doom and gloom, they're going to want to learn a lot more about drugs just to see, you know, which ones will be the best just to relieve that stress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Just, just talking about the geopolitics and everything like this. I'm, the one thing that really just does worry me is that, like, you look back throughout history, they say that the past six elections, so both Bill Clinton elections, um, both George Bush elections, and both Obama elections, um, the candidate that won was the one who was least foreign policy experience. Okay. So, like, we, we really vote for, you know, domestic policy. We don't. Like, you know, foreign policy is, like, kind of a tangential, not really, like, a serious issue. Yeah. But the issue is that the policy that each of these presidents has been creating has been incredibly impactful on the world around us. And, you know, the world's basically been falling apart around us uh, since since uh, George Bush Sr. got out of office. He just, he just passed a mm-hmm. couple rest days ago. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest, rest in, in peace, peace, Herbert Walker. But um, ever since he came out of office, like, the global order, so to speak, or, like, at least peace in the world has just gone to shit, pardon my language. Um, and we don't think about it and we don't vote on it and we don't talk about it and, and stuff like this just pop, crops up and people get blindsided by it and they're like, what the heck, what's going on? And they think guns and bombs are the solution and it's like, well, yeah, now guns and bombs are the only solution, but if only we were just more, you know, awake to what's going on out there in the world and awake to geography and, and, uh, what, what influences that has on different nations, um, we, we might elect politicians who have you know better outlooks on the world and enact better policy and write better treaties and make a better world but yeah hey, alas man. alas man. yeah you you hit the nail on the head with that one man I don't know. again my biggest concern is just my son really mm-hmm. as i'm i'm gonna do whatever i can to keep him safe of course and if that means i have to go to war i have to go to war but again you mm-hmm. said it's, it's not going to be that big of a chance that there's going to be a drafts so i'm not too worried about anything yeah brother i do have to say though uh i don't like to quote communists but trotsky said it uh perfectly he said um you may not be interested in war but war is interested in you uh you know if if it's coming it's gonna find you yeah it's scary definitely is scary let's stop talking about all that doom and gloom (laughs) let's let's get away from this brother yeah yeah we've been on a very informative track i mean not that we're always not on an informative track but we've been Mm -hmm. really just shooting out some really good information to people today so i want to move on to something i've experienced pretty deeply and i'm still currently experiencing what is that unplanned pregnancies slash teen pregnancies i got this from actually i put out a post on instagram asking for Mm -hmm. info like stuff to talk about and this is one of the things that was asked so, let me tell you my story, I guess. Um, it was a, a year and a half ago is when my son was born. I was 17 years old, mm. and my uh, son's mom, Brittany, was 18 years old. And when when she was going into labor, I wasn't really 
wasn't really um nervous i didn't i just felt i was just going day by day like i was leading up to that point mm. and I, I mean i would like to point out that kids are fucking expensive i dropped like five hundred dollars every other week to go to these uh clinic or to go to the hospital to get all these tests run Mm -hmm. and to check up on the baby and this was five hundred dollars probably every week to every other week Mm. leading up to this point so Mm -hmm. i just wanted to throw that in there anyway so we get to the hospital i i mess up i park it i don't park in the emergency parking space i park in the parking garage and we go from the parking garage to the hospital. Damn. Well, I think that I think that's what made her water break. But I'm just gonna say that so I don't sound stupid. <laughs> anyway, so as she's giving birth, Mm-mm. I can't help but think like, what have I done? Like I'm I'm bringing this person into a world where one I'm not even a uh, I'm not even a man yet. Like I'm still going through my life she's still going through her life and we're still we're still babies as well like we we have no clue what it was like to be on our own we didn't we were both staying living at uh our parents house and i was just like what have i done to this like poor boy anyway that's that's what was going through my mind as she was um going through labor her labor only lasted like well her pushing only yeah. lasted about five to ten minutes before he was out and mm-hmm. she gave what she did a water birth so she was in the tub and while she was getting out of the tub i was the first person to basically hold my son and mm-hmm. so they're like you should do skin on skin so take your shirt off and i'll give you the baby and I'll, as soon as my hands wrapped around Cade, and i was just like man i'm so sorry but I love you, and I'll do everything I can to help you get you what you want and make wow. this the best life you'll ever have, basically. Yeah, man. I want to freaking clap. That's amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, hmm. I'm not even I'm not even finished. Hmm. So, we stayed in the hospital for three days so she could heal a bit. Um, we can get our mental state ready. We got three nights alone. So it was just her, um, me and our son, Caden. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it couldn't have been any better. Like we both were, she was breastfeeding the first couple days, but she ended up not being able to produce enough. And so she took on most of the night shift, even though I'd wake up if try and put him back to sleep. And if I couldn't, I'd have to go wake her up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, three days went by really smooth and then we went back to the house and we just carried on with our lives well i one thing i didn't learn off the start was when you have a kid like the kid comes first and i had this concert planned i asked her in advance if she could watch him and she said yes of course but mm-hmm. when she had the baby she was she sort of got the uh postnatal depression no i mean it wasn't it wasn't too it wasn't as serious as it could have been but Mm -hmm. i mean it was there she she knew it she didn't tell me about it which it could have helped in Mm -hmm. some of my decision making but and i was like all right i'm going to this 
concert and that was that was when I started to piece together like hey like my kid's life is way more important than mine you know so we sort of isolated ourselves her mom and I his, his mom and I to just we I go to work she goes to work mm-hmm. school school baby baby like there was no we didn't really we didn't have our own time to ourselves and we didn't go out enough on like dates and we didn't we didn't spend quality time together as a couple yeah we were being quality parents to our son and i think that's one of the big things that looking back on it i learned is you need to have a little bit of everything you know um being young and naive as we both are currently still you know we're still trying to figure out everything to like balance out we're we're still trying to figure out how to balance out everything Hmm. and it's just it's 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 a wild wild ride man i mean i can't even i can't even explain how many times i've i had broken down before he was even born because it was just like man i don't i don't know what to do anymore you know it's and then as soon as he came out though it was just an eye opener i was like i i got this i know i do because i have to mm-hmm. it's not there's it's not a matter of maybe it's i have to yeah for yeah. this kid's life you know and with the whole splitting up definitely made things a lot harder on both of us probably she she had gained a l- help from her current fiance mm. early from our split up mm. and i'm i'm glad she did because <laughs> being single and i know she's been through this too but being a single parent and doing everything mm-hmm. is is very difficult and i wouldn't wish it on anybody to be a teen parent because no one, i mean you're never ready to be a parent in general but you're definitely not ready to be a teen parent and the people who helped me most was my parents because right right yeah i mean if i needed to go do something if i had work and i didn't have a babysitter they would be the first person i would go to mm-hmm. and they would put so much time into Caden and I and I couldn't say thank you enough you know but it's just you learn a lot when you're a parent you learn (laughs) you learn a whole hell of a lot as a teen parent Mm. because not only are you learning how to be a parent you're learning how to be an adult even quicker right you're taking on all these different responsibilities that you wouldn't necessarily be taking on as a teenager going into their twenties uh, slash college years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like uh, I, I'm an adult. I'm learning about like you know financing things and car loans and credit card payments and all these things. And you're you're learning about all that with the immediate like uh, you know immediate needs of this child. And you know, like you said earlier, the baby comes first. It's not like you're. I mean, you can't tell him no. Like you can't tell him when he's trying to like eat. You know what I mean? So like you said, it's five hundred dollars like every week, and you you suddenly have to learn about about all these things surrounding credit cards and debt and 
um, moving out, getting this apartment, things like this, you're, you're, like you said, you're really accelerating that. I think that's what it is. You're accelerating, you know, your entry into that adult life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Not only that, but it's helped me gain drive in my life too, because mm-hmm. I have to, I have to provide for this kid. Like he has to have the best life he can ever have because that's what I want for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that working a minimum wage job. I'm not going to do that slacking around. I'm not going to do that playing video games 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you learn a lot of responsibility. And you learn you learn how to do what you need to do no matter how you get it done. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like you need don't. to you learn how to get the money you need any by any means possible mm-hmm. you know and it's and now we're back to drugs no not, <laughs> i don't sell drugs i'm kidding no I'm i kidding. i definitely have i have a total of three jobs at the moment though mm. i am a motorcycle i work on motorcycles i door dash every once in a while for just when i feel like having a couple extra bucks mm-hmm. and I just picked up a personal training job. So I've I I just have to put my head down and grind and learn at night and just figure out times to do what I need to do to progress myself into the next level to get a higher paying job to get more money and me being self-educated as opposed to college educated. Mm. It's going to be different but I I'm shooting for more certifications than just self-learning just so I have a piece of paper to back it up. And I I have a good feeling about what's going to become of me and my son as we grow together. And I mean I that's really all I got on that, man. It's 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 a roller coaster mm-hmm. and the things you thought you wanted they don't mean shit when you have a kid, honestly. Yeah, great examples that that concert that you that you spoke of, you know. Yeah, like I went to and I yeah. I just felt I felt terrible going to it. That's, and the that's whole the whole trip, I was I just felt so bad. And when I got home, I was like, I'm so sorry. Hmm. That's the before and after, right there, man. Yeah, yeah the and I can say I can say that this past year and probably over a half he's he was born march 25th so he's got how many months i don't i don't know i don't know off the top of my head they have three months mm-hmm. three months four months it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> personally i hate i hate all the people who count all the months i know like I, i'm 20 no one says i'm oh i'm 20 in, in, in 10 months you I know. know like it's i know he's he's coming it's coming up on christmas so mm-hmm. i've been stockpiling some money to buy him a really nice big christmas gift so Mm -hmm. it's just what i gotta do man what's that relationship like that you have with caden because i mean with caden yeah yeah describe that to me tell me about it he is a daddy's boy his mom knows it (laughs) i know it everybody knows he is a daddy's boy Mm -hmm. and he's he's a mini me like he he did everything i would do as a child as from what I heard from my mom, time, but 
He's. I feel like he's times ten. He's. <laughs> he is the most rambunctious, most climbing monkey kid in in this into on this entire planet because he is <laughs> a handful. But he. This is true. He's very respectful for his age. He's getting into the terrible twos and he's learning the word no. But once once you start being stern with him and you you mm-hmm. be the authority um he he starts straightening up yeah oh my god i when was that i think i think we were recording a recording an episode with uh tyler a minute ago uh, yeah yeah and um oh my god yeah he he was really uh he was like no oh it was the cutest thing ever but just i just felt so like my heart you know yeah. Unless he starts crying, it's like my heart. Oh, Caden, but but you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You yeah, gotta be you, stern. You have to, man. Yeah. As I understand it, you're actually doing them a disservice if you're not. You mm-hmm. know? I mean. Yeah. Where are they Where are they gonna learn that you don't get anything just by crying for it or wanting it? You know. Mm-hmm. You gotta. And once he gets older, I'm actually gonna start implementing this thing, where, I I have dollar dollar bills. Okay. And. Say he performs a chore or he does something, say without me asking, he gets this. He gets this dollar, and he can spend it on. Cause I'm gonna definitely regulate his video game timing because mm. I don't want him in front of a video game screen all day long. I wanna, I wanna make him out, put him outside, and have him run around. So I'm gonna try and limit to limit him to like two hours a day on video games or any social any electronic basically and he can pay him his himself to get more hours so say he say he does he cleans up he does dishes or something i'll give him a dollar he can spend that dollar to get say an hour 45 minutes more worth of video game time Mm -hmm. or he can save it to go buy a toy or something it's trying to trying to teach that work ethic you know Mm -hmm. to him and there's a lot of these little things that i'm trying i'm I'm thinking about when as he grows to implement to try and teach him these values that i really i really hold near and dear to me right you know yeah that's genius i love that That, that's an interesting idea how'd you develop that i actually heard it on a podcast i can't take any credit for this Uh uh-huh and as soon as I heard him talk about it, I was like, "That's that's such a genius idea!" Like, I I can easily implement that. You talked about like uh, you know values and things that you like. Uh, one thing I noticed is that Caden really likes books. Yeah, yeah. How, how, did, how did you get him into books? How'd that happen? Or well, was it just like him? We, if one big mistake that um, his mother and I did was we read to him. We didn't read to him a lot. And when he's over here at at my house, every morning, we, I sit down with my journal. I write my goals. I write my accomplishments. I write what I'm grateful for for the day. Mm-hmm. And he sits next to me, and he has a, a little notepad, and he's just coloring. I mean, he can't write anything yet, so he's he's sitting there coloring. He wants to be like mm-hmm. his dad. It'd be so G if he could. I know like... that'd be that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> he can already speak in full sentences, so I'm waiting on it. Yeah, but man. But anyway. Yeah. And then after that, we read for I, – he gets a book, and I read a book. Or if he wants me to read a book, I'll mm-hmm. read him a book. And for 15 minutes, we, we read every morning. Mm-hmm. And he's 
he just, I mean, he likes books to begin with, but now he's he's all about books. So I'm glad yeah. I can give that to him because I was never a reader as a kid. So what else is Caden really like? He's he loves the outdoors like nothing. He hates he doesn't like being inside mm-hmm. unless he's winding down for the night or he's about to eat. Of course, he's just he's an outdoor kid. He's he loves going on walks and uh, going to the playground, running around. Yeah, man. Um, he's really big on, I guess, climbing. I mean, I guess that adds to the outdoors part, but he he's just a climber. Mm. And he also loves fitness. <laughs> I mean, we do, we every time, like every once in a while, probably once, once a day, I'll do like a little workout. I do push-ups and he jumps on my back and I we do sit-ups together and we do mm. pull-ups together. This so. Is, so this is a fit baby. He's he's got like a six-pack. Is that what nah, you're telling me? I not yet. He's got rippling little baby. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Nah, Caden is the best though. He's oh man, he cracks me up. I just my one of my favorite things is just whenever you ask him a question and the answer is yes. He'll say yes sometimes, but most of the time he'll just like nod his head super fast. Yeah, I just love that. It's just like a, it's like it was like being held back or something. He just like like <laughs> tries to headbutt you or something. Oh, it's so cute. Do you have any questions you think on being on teenage or unplanned slash teenage pregnancy that yeah. you have for me? Yeah, I do have a I do have a couple here. Um, when you when you first found out. That, that you know your girlfriend was pregnant. What did you do? Well, I was at work. I was working at Marion's at the time. She mm-hmm. she messaged me before I got on break, and she was like, "Hey, I gotta tell you something." And she messaged me on Instagram, and every time she messaged me on Instagram, it was something her she didn't want her mom to see. Oh. And I'm like, she's. This isn't good. So it was so, like ominous already. Yeah, yeah. Then she. Then I was like, I, on break, I was like, "Are you pregnant?" And she said, "Yes." Um. As, as uh, she was progressing through the stages of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds bad, but was, um, I was kind of like, anything can still happen, you know. Like I. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, and I. Looking back, thing. looking back, it's like, why did I think that, you know? But I think I was scared. I mean, yeah, man. I being in that situation is not ideal, and I think I just thought there's still a chance, you know. There's still a chance that I couldn't be a dad, and I think, I think. Looking on it, looking back on it now, it's like, damn, (laughs) that couldn't have been a thing, and I couldn't be in this position I am now. And I'm like, I would have, I would have been so upset with myself, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm glad he's here. Like, as soon again, as soon as I held him, it was just like, god damn, why did, why did any of any bad thought go through my mind, you know? And once, once, once the baby's born, 
it's nothing but unconditional love. And I still and I loved him unconditionally as he was growing, but I guess I was still a child, you know. Mm-hmm. You still are, Nico. You still oh, are well, in a lot of, of ways. Of course, man. of course. Yeah, but uh, you've really matured up in a lot of the important ones. <laughs> yeah, I, really, I had to. That's something I'm really thankful for too, man. Yeah, I think I've said it before, but yeah, when you had Caden, he lit a fire under your butt. I mean, I always had a fire, but it's, it's a big fire now. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! And th- that was that was essentially was my second question. Like, I mean, I I've had a number, uh, far too many folks in my family, who found themselves in similar positions to you, and you know, certain people have you know their opinions on on certain things like abortion, and um, you know even adoption after after you know the baby's born and all these things like that, and some people. You know, you know there are complications during pregnancy. Um, so it, it, while it's a terrible thing to like think about and a, and a bad, a scary thing to navigate, you know, that is something that's on a lot of people's minds. Um, well, there are a lot of guys who are like, "Hey, you know, hey, we can't do this. What's the way out?" And women too, you know, um, when when they know that they're pregnant and abortion is on their list. And then, Personally, you know, I have my my beliefs about that. But, oh yeah, of course. But uh, every everybody believes that it's at least bad, you know. Oh yeah, of course. I I know. I I would never. I I got myself into it. There's I don't. I'm not a fan of abortion. Mm-hmm. And Brittany was gonna keep it either way. Mm-hmm. And we are we were still in the relationship. And oh my god, what was that conversation like when when you guys? talked about the future of you you and her you know right when she found out she was pregnant well i mean we were still in love of course and uh we just we were just gonna go with it i mean we didn't think anything was gonna break us apart anyway Mm -hmm. so we were just like we can do this and unfortunately it took a toll on our relationship but we both we both were like, "Hey, this was this was us, and we're gonna we're gonna raise this kid. We have to. I mean, it's not anybody else's job but ours, you know." And I think we've both have done really good so far. I mean, for what we've had, well, for what it's worth, from what we got to now. Yeah. Have you put much thought into uh, you know the future of uh, you know? Y- Caden's future in terms of like you know what places you might want to live at what what school district he might be going to or anything anything of that nature that is up to his mom he's she's the resident for schooling so oh, I see. wherever she lives is the school district district he's gonna go to um growing as in uh, well I can't I don't want to be anywhere more than 30 minutes away from his mom mm-hmm. because that's too far of a drive at that point and if he once he gets friends when he's older, he's not gonna. We're not. I'm not gonna want to take him an hour to go see his friends to come back. You know. Right. Right. I I think it'll be it would be better if I'm somewhere between at least twenty to thirty minutes max from his mom. Um, as of living arrangements, I'm in this apartment for a year, and I'm just gonna play it by ear, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really do anything else. I, mean, I I I want 
to ask you a lot more questions about this, but um, man, it's it's just so emotional, you know, like this. this Dude, is... I'm I'm an open book, man. I yeah. I've talked about it before. I talk about it almost every time I meet someone new. It's just like, hey, I'm a dad. What's up? <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing to it's a weird thing to bring into mm-hmm. the first conversation, but you know, it's just. I I would like to I like talking I like talking about my son because I, he's he's my world you know and if that means having to talk about this stuff that's not a big issue on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what was the first moment when you just wanted to pull your hair out? When you're so fed up with Caden. Honestly, it was probably when it was one night where I probably had one hour of sleep or two hours of sleep. And this this has to be after Brittany and I split because I, she, like like I said, she did most of the night work and I'm greatly appreciated of that because doing it now, it's like, God damn, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But it was probably the, one of the first nights I was alone and he kept waking up and, oh, actually it was the first week. He was super sick. And he kept waking up, and he didn't take a nap throughout that day, and it got to the next night, and he barely slept. And I was just, I started, I just broke down. I was just like, why aren't you sleeping? Like, this is, this sucks. It sucks, but I didn't say that out loud. It was just like, man, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. And again, this was, I was still at my mom's house, and God bless her, because she was just like, hey, you can go to sleep. I got it. And she watched him basically for the night, and it was it was super super cool. So that was probably the that was the first time, I I was just like, gosh, mm. I was ripping my hair out. <laughs> I can't imagine, man. Golly. <sighs> what do you th- what you what do you think you would do if you were in that position? What do I think I would like do? Ray, if you found out. Whoever, your girlfriend, whatever. Julian is my girlfriend now. Yeah. But, if uh, she was yeah, pre- yeah. pregnant, what what would be your reaction, really? Oh well, my first reaction would be like, "Who's the daddy?" Because it ain't me. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I know. Um, God, oh, just just now that I mentioned that, actually, just stick it on it just for a second. Um, Ah, oh, God. Like, I, I think about the folks who aren't in committed relationships, you know, when when stuff like this does go down. That is scary. Like, that's really scary for, for both people. Yeah. Especially if there is, like, on, on the woman's side, like, she actually might not know who it is. That That is that's a really scary and a whole different other can of worms. But um, but on, on, on this topic, um, the first thing that I would do is I would want to, you know, sit her down and and talk with her about my commitment to her and and sort of like how you how you spelled it out earlier really talk about like I'm not gonna leave you this is my kid too and I wanted this relationship to work and I want us to be a family that oh, excuse me um that that would be my main focus that I would I would want to try to um like you know put put the two of us together and keep us together but you know, at the same time, who knows what the future will hold? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you never know. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Um, who knows what kind of stress, like you said, put that would put on the, the relationship? But 
that that's that's where my main focus would be just trying to keep us together because uh, i just feel that that would be easier for me yeah that makes Um, sense because it is it's hard shared parenting it's hard yeah If I was in like your complete situation though right now, um, I I would say that I'm glad that I have an example like you in my life. I'm I'd be really really glad that I have someone who I can turn to to be like Nico, this is happening. What do I do? <laughs> you know, I, I I got my folks, and I'm sure that they would be uh you know as as amazing and as helpful as your parents have been. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, they've they've been. I've seen them. They they love they love Caden too, but um. Yeah, I would be I'd be thankful that I had a friend who's going through it with me. Yeah. So that we can we can kind of tough this out together. Yeah, you know? seriously. Yeah, that, that's the main thing, really. I just I just would need support. I would need community. You know, family around me, friends mm-hmm. around me. And I think that's what kept me sane was my family and friends and friends' parents. They they all uh, were a big help. Now what? Let me think. Like I'm trying to like like feel the emotion. Like I'm trying to see like what's running through my mind. Uh, definitely fear, you know. Not really for me though. Like I, like at that point, I would have been like, okay, okay, I screwed up. My life's over. Not not over, but but you know that's on me. My I screwed up. That doesn't matter now. Yeah, I mean, what can I do to make this life the best for this kid? That's what I would think about. I would really zero in on that and think about like, because like right now I'm I'm thinking about school and you know uh, becoming a foreign services officer, which would require me to possibly leave the country and work out of an embassy internationally. Yeah, no, that that's out of the window. Um, I've got these ideas about starting up businesses and building up a lot of capital in the next five years. That's out the window. I'm getting a job right now. I'm might even fi- I might find someone if I want to still you know be in the startup world I might find someone who's running a startup um or something like that but I need a serious stable job that pays well right now make that two you know make that a double I need two serious stable paying jobs right now and forget school I got a kid to worry about now you know I got a, I got a son or a daughter that I who I got to raise right um yeah but with that why not go to school why why well, not try your best to get a degree to potentially get double what you'd be making with the two jobs? Uh, okay, okay. So yeah, I'm definitely short sighted with this. Um yeah, and, and I am three years into this, so Yeah, you're uh, you currently are three years, so like, you might as you might as well finish it out. I got like a year and a half ish left. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I do hear you on that. Um So if I'm in the situation where like she just finds out she she's pregnant now then, yeah, it would be like a sprint to the finish with school. Um, but, golly, if, like, today she had the baby, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. It just puts all of all of your actions into perspective, all the activities yeah. that you're involved in. And you don't know yeah. until it happens, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't fully understand until it happens. And that... Mm-hmm. And it hits you like a train, like it. That's how it hit me. It hit me like a goddamn train. Damn, Nico. Yeah, and it was. There's a lot of emotions coming out of that day. So, mm-hmm. but like I said, I I can't. I I would never, in a million years, you couldn't give me any amount of money to take it all back. Like, mm-hmm. I've have this my wonderful son, and 
I'm still on really good terms with his mom, and that's all I can ask for, really. And I have a great family supporting me, and I'm on my own now, and I have a decent-paying job, and I'm moving forward in my life as well as bringing up my son's life, you know? And that's really all I can ask for at the moment. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I can't really ask for shit. I got to do it and earn it myself. You got to make it, yeah. And that's what I'm going to do as the days go on. Is I'm I'm going to earn what I get, and I'm not going to make any, any excuses about it anymore because there's someone depending on me. Mm-hmm. And... I think whoever listens to this, I mean, that's just a little insight into my life. That's literally the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. And that, I I definitely, there's a lot more to share, for sure. Yeah, and that, that's sort of leading into what, one question that I want to ask you is, uh, what's the importance of, of, of talking about stuff like this, about what this kind of life is like, man? Well, it's just like... It, it's on the similar wavelength of drugs. Like, if you inform people of what's going to happen through a successful pregnancy, not a, I'm just talking successful, e- easy pregnancy. I mean, if they know what they're getting into and they still decide to do whatever it is they want to do that's that's completely up to them but they have to heed the consequences and the consequence is a beautiful baby whether it be a boy or a girl that you are going to devote your life to making their life as perfect as it can be while giving them the values and the beliefs that you would like them to have mm-hmm and that's the thing that once one thing that scares me. Um, a lot of folks that find themselves in you know teen pregnancy situations that can make you cynical. Yeah, that can, and I'm sure you've had you know those moments in your life when uh, you know you're you're just looking down, you know. Um, and I I am just fearful, like you know, some young kids find themselves in this situation, and you know they have this kid and they start to raise it, and you know. If if they if they can never develop that positive outlook like for that kid's life, like wait, what what are they going to be teaching them? It's very important to to stay positive about that situation, and it's very important to talk about you know where the ceiling is, not the floor. You know? Yeah. And in in the end, there is no ceiling. Yeah, really. There is no ceiling. Really, yeah. You have so much room to grow, an infinite amount of room. Mm-hmm. You know and. You you got to understand that you need to look up at the ceiling, but then you have to punch a fucking hole in that ceiling Hell and yeah. look th- look to the sky and the universe, man. Yes, sir. Because that's how that's how much growth you have. You know. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, let's end it here. All right, man. I've been Nico. I've been Marcus. And this was Porch Talk. Goodbye. <laughs>